Are you curious what the Holy Spirit is like? Like the character of the Holy Spirit, maybe even the character of Christ or God? You haven't quite figured it out and you don't really understand the language around healing and anointing and casting out demons or any of the elements of declaring and decreeing who you are in Christ. You don't understand how to exist in this not lukewarm, but on fire realm of Christianity here on earth as it is in heaven. Well, this is still an area I'm exploring. Even as an ordained minister, I am constantly seeking God and he is constantly revealing himself to me. This is a process of sanctification. It's the always becoming movement, as you know from my book. But today you have the treasure of getting to know someone else who has been doing it for longer than me and simultaneously is seeing such favor over her life. Her name is Joanna Beck, and I found her on social media. You're going to hear all about it when you tune in. But I just pray that you would just have opened ears and open eyes and open the heart today as you tune in to the richness of this conversation, the transparency of this conversation, and what we hope that it activates within you, because both of us are purpose activators. So be sure to follow along, follow along with her journey on all social media platforms. You can tune in for the links and all that, but surely if this blessed you, please share it out on social media, even perhaps leave a review on this podcast that will bless both of us in so many ways after you indulge in what God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus wants to reveal to you and only you in this hour. Hope you enjoy. Be blessed. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're gonna hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. Oh my goodness. Welcome to season five. You are our first official guest for the season. And I am so honored that we have this conversation to open it up. Hey man, that's awesome. I didn't know I was the first one. for the Yes. Yes. We came in, like I said, we came in with just a desire to have rhythms of grace in the first week and not do all the things, but have still that simmering of reflection and uh, guiding into what God had hoped for us for this year and vision casting alongside him. 
uh, after a time of rest after the holidays. And so I hope that was the same way you got started. Amen. It was. So y'all don't know my friend, Joanna, I'm just still getting to know her. Let's be transparent here. This is the beauty of podcasting is we have an opportunity to get to know and share the wisdom and the truths and the revelations of other believers. And yes, people have tons of different types of podcasts. Um, ministers come here, ministers of the marketplace. And I love the way that I got connected to you, which is digitally, socially, right? And people often will ostracize social media. And while I understand that there can be um, demonic realms in that space, there can be a controlling, we can have our own minds controlled in those spaces. There are lights and you're such a light. I came across one of your reels. The first one, which got me connected to you was you going around your home and blessing your door frames with anointing oil. And this is perhaps brand new concepts to the listeners here. And so I'd love for you to just share the concept of that. What made you step into wanting to share some of the things that you share digitally with people, virtually with people, knowing that it's such like a safe harbor of those quiet places? So I've been anointing since anointing my home, since I've been on fire for the Lord, I was taught how to anoint and get my home in order. And it's just been an application of what I do since then. But in um, the beginning of 2020, when the pandemic was hitting, um, the Lord had told me to seal up the doorways, to go back to Exodus, seal it up (laughs) across the top, down the sides, every, we did every window, seal this up. He said, um, that I, it can't touch you unless you allow it in. And so we sealed, I sealed it up and it was like, we literally watched death pass us by because it did not touch our family. Wow. Years that, that the countries have been battling this, it has not touched our family. And so we, I, in doing that, the Lord goes, I want you to teach others how to anoint their homes, get their homes in order and ship anointing oil all throughout the world. And so that's what we've been doing. I keep a map in my office that shows us the different regions that we've been able to ship the anointing oil to. And we, we just, we ship, you know, I always encourage everybody, you can make anointing oil yourself. You can take olive oil, ask the Lord to bless it as you bless your home and your family. But not everyone feels confident in that. Not everyone has that level of faith that they trust that what they're praying is actually being heard. And so we have a, a anointing oil that we've been shipping all over the, the world. And, but that's where we got started was that is amazing. To, to share and teach. And showed off on the other side of that, right? Like it's, I think this is often how it works through a declaration, through our own element of faith. The Lord shows up, shows out, and then he calls us into revealing that for other people. That's mm-hmm. what really teaching should be. Uh, rather than just talking out of the side of your mouth and not really knowing what you're talking about or hearing it from somebody else and just regurgitating it, there is something so sweet when it comes specifically from your soul, from your eyes, from your spirit. And it has favor. And so I've seen such favor over what it is and how it is that you're sharing. And especially as you do that nationally, right? And internationally and abroad, that map is just going to continue to be covered. But I get I get that feeling of being like, I could easily make the item 
Uh, but there is something special about when you receive it in, a ma- in the mail. We were talking about this connected to like subscription boxes. We could present all this stuff. You could teach uh, everything like you do already. But when it comes in the mail, the physical mail, not my email, there's something um, that allows you to be so present with the item, allows you to be so present with the experience. Even when I still open Christmas cards from people, I am right there with their family when I open that card or with their newborn baby announcement or whatever that is. And because the mail is something kind of of the past, this gives people an opportunity to be really dedicated to what it is that you're you're sending them. I'm sure there's an explanation card and a prayer alongside it. You and your family probably prayed. The packaging team probably prayed. And so it just allows the Holy Spirit, which I want to talk about with you, to be really present in that moment because we're listening and our hearts are turned towards him. Mm-hmm. So why would you, uh, why, where do we want to start with him? <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> you dropped a little nugget right out the gate. And this is one of the ways that the Fit and Faith podcast kind of uh, came to be was to not just share what it is that you're doing now and what looks like from the outside in that success, that highlight reel, right? Is you mentioned when you came to the Lord. And so I would love to know what that testimony, what that journey has been like. Cause I know for me, while the Holy Spirit is an immediate encounter, it's also, like you said, that process of sanctification is a journey. And that's why my book is called Always Becoming. It's like the grace that comes alongside of exploring and journeying and getting to know God. So take us back first and then we'll go forward. So going back, so I got saved when I was 14. I was my grandmother who raised me pulled me out of public school, put me in private Christian school, a uh, Pentecostal private Christian school at that. Wow, awesome. I went right in and um, yep. I was saved, got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, I, nobody discipled me and nobody really taught me, you know, about him and that I have to live different now. And I can't live the same way that I was living before and that there's a higher standard for, for my life now, because I want to call myself a Christian. And so, um, lived lukewarm for a very long time. And then, um, when I was about, I want to say 25, uh, the Lord goes, Joanna, enough is enough. We're not going to do this anymore. You're not going to live lukewarm. You're not going to live backslidden. You can't do what everybody else is doing. And because that was my thing, I'm like, well, they call themselves believers, but yet they're doing all these things so I can do it. That was the example. And he like snatched me up and was absolutely not. And so um, me and my husband met and we were two lukewarm believers that got married. And the Lord snatched me up before he snatched my husband up. And so here I am becoming this Proverbs 31. I'm looking at this woman. I'm like, I'm going to be this girl. I'm going to learn how to sell. I'm going to cook. I'm going to marketplace. I'm going to do all the things. And here's my husband. I'm like, why are you so mean? I'm I'm becoming this Proverbs 31. I'm doing God. Get your son. And so I had seeked out um, a leader of a spiritual mother at the time who mentor taught. She's like, Joanna, do you anoint your home? And I was like, no, what's anointing your home? I've never even heard of this. And she's like, you need to draw a bloodline, tell the enemy that he's not, he will not work in and through your husband. 
that you put them on the other side of the door. You know everything in that home. Well, I did. And the first time that I did, the warfare hit. Because my husband, I had this root of rejection still that I wasn't healed from. And here comes my husband through the door and he doesn't say a word to me. For two weeks, doesn't talk to me. And I'm like, what did I do? Oh my word, I shouldn't have anointed my husband. Like all these things comes rushing in of like, you shouldn't have done this. Look what you did. Now he's not even going to talk to you. Well, after those two weeks were up, literally on the 14th day, my husband comes in from work and he drops to his knees and he goes, I'm so sorry for the way that I've treated you. We're not going to live like this anymore. I'm going to be the man of God that you need me to be as you're becoming that woman of God. And so anointing, like from then on, I'm like, anybody's got any home issues. I'm like, anoint your home, drive out the enemy and anoint your home. You know, we're full body chills. Yeah, we're told in scripture that he he roams around like a, a seeking whom he whom he may devour. We have to give him permission to be there. Yep. Whom he may devour. He's mm-hmm. not just allowed to come up. And he's like a roaring lion. He's not this big, massive lion that can do stuff. He is a kitten on your doorstep. <laughs> Open the door, grab the megaphone, kick him off the porch, slam the door shut, seal it up with the blood. And your home will be peaceful again. But that's where it all started for me. And since then, I've just been, no, we're anointing. We have to, oh, your kids aren't sleeping well? Let's anoint the home. Wow. Your kids are being rebellious. Let's anoint the home. You drive out the enemy. You draw the bloodline and say, this property belongs to the Lord and you are not to be here. Well, and you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about like the safe haven of the home. And I went through a wild season where I had to focus in on that nucleus and didn't really respect the home exactly for what God intended for it to be. It was just where we lived. It was just what we occupied. And it was my chasing the accolades and the everything on the outside that I would bring home as a tangible. And I remember when we went through, this is actually prior to my encounter with the Holy Spirit and Jesus in my living room, prior to me not um, being a lukewarm Christian, I was still very much like living of the world. And we decided we were going to do like a, dem- a demolition of our home and do a whole remodel. And we took down all the walls, like that old school, like 80s, 90s blueprint of a house, that cookie cutter knock it down and have this huge open space. And how good is God that oftentimes what's transpiring in the flesh and the natural eye is also, if it's not already going to happen internally. So be mindful and watchful of what's transpiring. So we do this whole remodeling and I go to put up these items that I had treasured, whether it's like, you know, there's like willow tree figurines or picture frames or um, awards or even pictures of my babies at the time, things that I cherished more than the actual space in which it was encompassing. And God was literally telling me in that moment without my recognition, there's no room for that anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tear down all the walls. You're not going to be able to hide. You're not going to be able to idolize. That's what I was doing. I was falsely idolizing everything that I was bringing into the home and not actually idolizing the home in which God, the Christ that dwells inside had established, especially if we think about our temple, because this is the same conversation if you're having a physical or a body health crisis, right? And so I just, as you're saying that, I'm thinking through like how if we bring, keep bringing things in, like you had said, she does this, he does this, 
Well, I can have that in my pantry. Well, I can put this into my bedroom. Well, I can watch this Netflix show in the comfort of my bed with my spouse. Well, I can bring my cell phone to bed every single night. There are all of these things that are transpiring because we are not safeguarding everything inside of our home the way that it's intended to be. Absolutely. That's what, you know, that saying, we talk about that sanctification process, you know, that is just the first step because then the step came of like, I walk into my closet to get dressed one day and a shirt catches my eye and I immediately go back to who I was with when I wore that shirt, what I was doing when I wore that shirt. And I immediately felt this ucky feeling that came over me. I'm like, why do I even have that? And there's Holy Spirit, like, let's clean the closet. Like, let's get out of here. And so I started going through all my, started with all my clothes. If it reminded me of someone who was not going to lead me closer to, to my relationship with God, if it reminded me of a place that I should have never been in the first place, I got rid of it. Well, then he started on other things. He started on the pictures. He started on the memorabilia, the, the knickknacks that are passed down through generations. And yeah. I'm like, because that was a big thing. My yeah. grandmother were like, here, we want you to have this. I'm like, we don't really like that. And it's on my shelf. Yes. I need to, I started getting rid of everything. And I actually, and then it went to pictures. And we really, when you think about society nowadays, we hold on to pictures. And I was holding on to pictures that you looked at them and I was like, I was miserable. Yeah, exactly. I looked miserable. And like, why does my husband want to see a picture of me at a prom with another man? Like, right, right. <laughs> I went through, that was the next level of sanctification. We, we went through and cleaned everything out. I told my husband, I was like, go start the bonfire in the back. I'm going to give you a bin. Do not look at any of these pictures. None. And I'm watching through the sliding sliding glass door. And he's like this. And he texts me. He goes, wow, you looked miserable. And I'm like, (laughs) why you don't look at them? (laughs) That's amazing. But you're so right. That's that minimization, which, again, isn't it interesting, like the minimalist or Marie Kondo or these things that have gotten rave attention? Oftentimes, it's this knowledge that, what you're presented isn't always wrong, but it's when it's not connected to the vine, it only has a portion of the story. So to see that this is working, it's bringing people an element of clarity or maybe an essence of peace, but they're not peaceful here. They're not peaceful here. Their space just might be peaceful. And so it all goes hand in hand. And I did the exact same thing. So literally I'm like, Wow. And and this is not prompted. I didn't just like you didn't follow any manuscript or any business plan or any like this is how you get sanctified. The Lord just does it and he might flip it up. It might not be in the same order. But I was listening to a, a podcast earlier today and she was talking about um, the fact that the Holy Spirit will tell you and correct you in the kindness of who he is, who God is, who Jesus is when it's your time. And no different than people releasing alcohol, no different than people stop smoking weed, no different than any of the things, cussing perhaps, or the way that you yell at your children. I mean, the list goes on and it seems silly, 
when you're talking about it in, in totality, it sometimes is like, well, they're just trying to be righteous or they're just religious. So talk to me through like, how did you process that as you were letting go of these things, even like memorabilia from generations did people know that you were releasing it? Were they watching from the outside? Like, Joanna, what are you doing? Or because you've been in your faith for so long, it didn't shock them. Oh, no. They thought I was off my rocker and should have been a straight jacket. No. Totally. <laughs> they were like, what is the matter with you? That's been in our family for generations. Why would you do that? Your kids aren't going to have any pictures to look back on. Like, what's the matter with you? And I'm like, no, but the Lord's telling me that I have to do this. And so a lot of the times our walk isn't going to look like everyone else's number one. And not everybody else is going to agree with our walk. But as long as we're in right standing with the father, that's all that matters. And something that I've learned over the years, because listen, it wasn't an immediate thing, but that still small voice, the Holy Spirit is going to speak so quiet. He's going to gently nudge you. He's going to say, come on. Let's do it like this. And he's going to be quiet. It's the enemy that needs to be loud and to get your attention. So that way, because what our society thinks that because it's loud, it's the best. We see it in, in the churches. We see it in culture everywhere. But the, the enemy is doing that to steal, to drown out that still, still small voice. So you got to block out all that noise because every time the Holy Spirit, every time there's something of God that is brought in and the Holy Spirit brings it in front of you and says, I want you to live like this and do this. And he reveals something in the word for us. Here comes the counterfeit. And we see that with the minimalistic things, it's the counterfeit. Do it this way, but it's missing. Like you said, that element, we're missing that connection. But if we do it God's way, it's not the counterfeit. We have the real thing and it's pure and it will last. We're building that house on firm ground and not on sand where it's going to sink. Well, and it literally goes back to the garden, right? And how did the enemy taint Adam and Eve, specifically Eve, but Eve, he's talking to her, he's giving her false truth. He's giving her false doctrine and he's enticing her with what she wants also with what God wants to give her, but in all the wrong ways. Timing is wrong. Intention is wrong. The way it's going to come about is wrong. And so we so often try to manipulate things, even in our own flesh, in our own hands, because we are not coming from a place of wisdom. And the Holy Spirit is wisdom. And so I'm reading through Proverbs right now, as a lot of people will do, you know, day by day. And I'm also doing it alongside Pedro Adeo. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him or not, but he's doing a challenge where there's some incredible ministers of the word, Christine Kane, Dr. Brian Simmons, who wrote the Passion Translation. Every day someone's coming and teaching and they're talking about how wisdom will actually be on the highest mount inside of your community, inside of your spirit, wherever speaking and yelling and trying to get our attention. And yet, because it is superseding everything else, there's, you're not even paying attention to the sound, to the wisdom because of all of the distractions around us. And that's that counterfeit truth. Like if it's faster, oh, that she's far over there. I don't want to, I'm not going to go that distance. This one's right here on the street corner. I'll just take that advice. I'll just take that. It's the microwave culture. Like, oh, we can get there faster. Let's do it this way. 
oh, that's the way that I'm going to do it. You know how many people, so um, August of 2018, um, we'll just take Instagram because every platform has exploded, but we'll just take Instagram. I had 687 followers. And the Lord has, as I've been obedient to him, to only post what he wants me to post. I'm not here to debate. I'm not here to to get into this little, you know, discussion with anybody on what you believe, what I here's Bible. This is what Bible says. That's the truth. That's it's like there it is, so be it. Yeah. And that's how I've stuck with it. And we've seen the Lord grow. Well then as I've grown, as this account has grown. We've seen people come in and they're in the inbox or they're emailing. How did you grow so fast? What program did you do? What did you apply? And I'm like, uh, the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. They're like, yeah, but him and what else? And I'm like, him. Only him. Obedience to him and you will skyrocket. So that same video that led you, that reel of, of anointing the home that drew you into the account I just reposted that video, the same video on the first of the year. That's like how the Holy Spirit goes. Repost it January 1st. Teach people how to get their home in shape. One million views in a week. And wow. we, will, uh, my whole team is like, what? Wow. What is going on? And we're it's like, it's obedience to the Lord doing it exactly when he says to do it how he says to do it, not how your sister and brother of Christ are doing it, right. how he tells you to do it. Because we've gone through things, you know, in just my um, personal family in uh, July of 2021, he said no more meat for my family. Wow. And so, of course, here's my husband who was a uh, big bad me. <laughs> when I met him. He goes, um, I need protein with every meal. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to make the pastas. I'm going right. to figure out different ways to do this. We're going to just be obedient to the Lord. And he's on board. He was on board to be yep. obedient to the Lord. And, and um, but again, another level of sanctification is like, oh, well, we see her not eating meat. Should I not eat? No. If the Lord, we don't have to, do, not everybody yeah. has to go to yep. that level. Yeah. But it's what he called our family to. And so, um, I started making, you know, different pastas and doing different things like that. But just because I do it doesn't mean that everybody else has to do it. And it's not the the level of, we all have the level of conviction. But yeah. a lot of people say like, oh, well, she's convicted more than I am. No, that just means somebody's in their word more than you if you're, you're not up on that level. That's good. That's and good. We all have the same, because we all have the same Holy Spirit. So he's like, not going to say like, oh, I'm going to convict her on this, but I'm not going to convict her on this. We all have that same level, but what he asks us to do and give up for where we're going is going to look different. And it's so interesting. I was listening to another teacher recently and they were talking about calling and this is like all the buzz, right? With all the copy that people are using is like talking about your calling and discover your calling and get clarity on your calling and discover connected to that, your purpose, which is a little bit different, but ultimately callings and thinking through millions of people trying to discover their calling when the Bible is the answer, the calling is all the same. So if we are aware of our calling, which is to 
obviously surrender our life, accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and then to go and make disciples of nations, we're all on the same mission. The way that we do it is different. How we speak it out is different. The way that we share is different. The way that we teach and disciple others will be different. But if we aren't following the Holy Spirit in the process of that, the it feels muddy and everyone around you is saying, this is what you're supposed to do and this is what you're supposed to do and here's your calling and that's cool you did that. This must be your calling. Oh, you're good at that. Here's your calling. And they're creating all these different recipes when if you read Joanna's about section on her ministry website, it's joannabeck.com and then you can go to the about section. It is truth. It is biblical truth. And when people have their statement of faith, sometimes you're like, oh, where did that come from? Or you're just, you're a little bit curious. It feels like an element of it, but she goes top to bottom all the way to when he's coming back and Mm -hmm. it is straight scripture. And I think this is where people are forgetting when they're displaying their faith, when they're doing something on social media, because they're doing it in the guise of what somebody else has told them to do. There isn't full peace. There isn't full transparency to what God is actually capable of through them because they're trying to keep hands on it and surrender doesn't look like that. Mm -hmm. So as you're ministering to people that way and you get different feedback, whether it's in your DMs or not, and you've grown not just in the anointing area, anointing oil area, but also in the homeless ministry, I'd love to see like, how has God continued to escalate based on your obedience and your surrender. Oh my word. That is such a, that ministry is, that outreach is such a blessing to us every single week. And we have seen God's hand. We, me and my whole team are like, how, how, when we first started, we were serving maybe 25 people last year, the beginnings, like spring, beginning of last year. I think it was actually, I think it was January when we first started last year. Okay. Maybe like 25 people here in Nashville. Christmas, we had 500 people show up. And so we only make so much. Yeah, of course. Well, as we're looking at the pots of dishing things out and giving them a pastry and things like that, nothing is going down. Like everything is staying even. And we literally get done serving and we're like, we just saw God multiply fishes and loaves. Like, and what was so amazing was that we actually had one of the gentlemen come back up and he goes, so I heard y'all are the ones feeding out of the fishes and loaves. And we were like, okay, Lord. Okay. We see it. But that ministry has just, I mean, now we are steady anywhere from uh, 500 people a week. So we have that Christmas, um, New Year's, every Sunday we do outreach. So New Year's, we had uh, 300 people show up. This past weekend, we had 300 people show up. And so we've just seen the Lord and nobody gets turned away. And we always have just enough for that last person that walks up. But it blesses us so much to love on them. And we just, we set up and they all, join in and the way that the Lord has brought order to it. We don't say anything of like, put the, get the line, get in this, go follow the stanchions. <laughs> yeah, we don't say anything like that. We no. just set everything up and the Lord just shifts everybody around. And so much to like the peace that comes and the patience that's there of, 
we haven't even had to speak to people about like, hey, if they're in a wheelchair or a walker, like we're going to serve them first. We don't even have to say that. They come up. We start seeing the wheelchair come up. Somebody will step back and say, hey, you want to get this guy? Like they, it's the it's wow. the we have wow. seen his hand on that portion of the ministry, and it's just been absolutely amazing. And we have made such friends and connections with the people out there that we have gentlemen that show up just to come and sit with the family. Like just, they'll sit on the tailgate of my husband's truck and like just hanging out with us as we're serving. Oh, it's so rich. And this is like family and community and that open offering of love. I think even when we are driving and you see somebody homeless on the side, you're kind of like processing in that moment. Do I make eye contact? Do I not make eye contact? Do I have anything in my my car that I could give them? Do I not have anything? Do I not? I don't carry cash because I always have cards. And we are processing when God is just like, just show them my love. And that's you just being there open-handed, not knowing if you're going to have enough or not, but trusting in God that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And that's elements of the Holy Spirit. There's been times where I roll down my window and I don't have anything to give other than, uh, you know, blessings, or I hope that you're doing well. I had saw this one guy and I was like, you are way too beautiful to be sitting on that corner, right? And his face just lit up, maybe 30, 40 years old. And I was like, are you looking for a job right now? What kind of work are you looking for? What could you be doing? And he just starts talking to me. Of course, the green light comes on. And I was like, God's got you, brother. Just keep looking, keep looking, and he will be there. And that is enough to to know that you are seen and known and loved. That's what I needed when I was in my darkest place was I just needed to be seen, known, and loved no matter what my predicament looked like. This is why it's so important for us to be led by the Holy Spirit and listen to that still small voice because we never know when we're entertaining angels. We never know when we're being tested. We never know when God's got an angel showing up and like, oh, is she going to put her window down? So good. Nothing to give, but what can she give? We think we have nothing to give because we live in a materialistic world. When we have something so much greater to give, to show the love and showing the love, do you know, almost every single one of the people that come through our line. So we'll say 500 people. They're all saved. They're all saved. They don't need me to shove Jesus down their throat. That's not what they need. They need to see the love that has been lacking ever since maybe they were a child or they were hurt as an adult. They need to see that unconditional love does not come from man, but it comes from God. And we can show them that and minister that to them just through cooking, just through cooking. They go back every week and they go, well, are you making that lasagna soup? What's in that? (laughs) Like, because I make every, I make everything. We wow. are pitches in on, on making things. One of my spiritual daughters made brownies this, this past week, which wow. blessed them because they were like, look at those brownies. But I make the, the actual meal. And yeah. so whatever they're getting is what I would serve my family. I love that. what I would the same way that I would love on my family. Whether it's the family that lives with me or my extended family, doesn't matter. My spiritual daughters, it doesn't matter. What I would serve them is the same that I'm going to give 
on that outreach. And so, but that's listening to the Holy Spirit and being sensitive and looking up when he tells you, make eye contact with this one. Hey, this one needs a hug. Hey, this one needs you to pray with them. And, but if I just ignored and just like listen to the world and what the what the world does and like, oh, well, they just want $5 for drugs. Right. Why do they want to do drugs? What, what is in them that is drawing them into that? Let's help fix that so that yeah. way they don't ask for that for, to use it for them. So good. Well, and it goes, it circles back to what we started with, which was a lot to some seems more normal or seems more possible because it's in the safety of your own home and there's no judgment or lack thereof within that space. I think about if you had never decluttered, I think about if you had never released some of those things, I think about what your home would have been like if your husband never came to that awareness of, I want to be a godly man because you were exampling it. You wouldn't be where you are. And there's this idea that we can either hasten or delay the will of God. And that sounds weird because you're like, well, that's not God. It's not in God's plan. No, your action, your obedience is an element of how your life ends up unfolding and at what timing it does. So if you want that microwave element and you're going to put all of those convictions to the back burner because something else seems faster, that's going to delay the blessing from God because you're not doing the actual thing. You're trying to fix it and be in control of your own outcome. There's no surrender in that. And so I wonder as you're thinking about the finances, because I know that's something that would be a blessing is to have the community help support in the growth of that, um, the exposure of the anointing oil. What do you guys see yourself like stepping into in, in the growth of what this could become? Well, in the growth of it, we really see ourselves and what the Lord has shown us is traveling throughout the United States. At so we don't know when it's going to start this year. We just see it starting, but traveling and coming into communities and teaching others how to do this. So not us just coming in and doing this. We want to come in and serve alongside others, teaching them how to show the love, teaching them the how to's on with praying, the the deliverance, the anointing. We want to show, equip and train. The yep. same thing that the disciples did, we're all called to be disciples. Yes, some are called to fivefold, yep. but we're all called to be disciples. And so we see this as we want to help others get, that's always my thing. Do what the Lord told you to do. Yeah. Just do what the Lord told you to do. Please stop worrying about everybody else. And a lot of people right now with what we're walking into. So 2023 is not, it's going to be a blessed year for God's children that are obedient, but it's going to be a really hard year for those that are not being obedient to the Lord or that are not walking or serving him at all. But in that we are able to have this, when we're walking in obedience, we're able to have this clarity of I'm going to be persecuted. This is going to happen. Persecution is not torture. There are two different things. A lot of people think like, Oh, I'm going to be tortured if I'm persecuted. No persecution is somebody rising against you with their voice. They're harassing you. They're coming against you. They're poking at what you're saying. They're poking at what you're doing. We are going to be persecuted, but we will be untouched. 
Mm-hmm. And so as you are obedient to the Lord and you're doing these things, do what the Lord told you to do. Persecution's going to come, but you know what comes? And this is scripture that comes after that. If you do what God has asked you to do, you're going to be persecuted, but there's your hundredfold in this generation and to come. You will be repaid a hundredfold, whether that is in favor, prosperity, the financial relationships, your relationship with the Lord, whatever that hundredfold is for you, because it's different for all of us. Whatever that is, if you will withstand the persecution of helping others, of being that disciple, disciples were persecuted. Why do we think we're above when Jesus, they were persecuted when Jesus walked with them here on earth. Yeah. What makes us think that we're not going to be persecuted and and they're going to, every single day, I got people saying, you're a woman, you can't preach. You're a woman, shut up and sit down. You're a woman, your head needs to be covered. You're a woman, you can't talk on that. What authority do you have? That's a lie. Where is it in scripture? I'm like, well, here's five scriptures for what I'm saying right now. So obviously somebody ain't reading their Bible if you want to talk not scripture. We're going to be persecuted, but we will be protected. So just for the audience of whoever's listening, the Lord's calling you to do something. The Lord is telling you what to do when you've been holding back because you're afraid of being persecuted. You're afraid of what your family's going to think. You're afraid of what your friends are going to think. Stop. Let the fear of the Lord rise up in you. I don't want to upset my father. I don't want to upset him. I want him to be happy with me. I want him to be well pleased with me. Who cares what anybody else thinks? Who cares what your mom thinks, what your brother thinks, what your boyfriend thinks? Who cares what that best friend of 25 years thinks? I lost a friendship of 25 years for following the Lord, for saying, I can't live like that anymore. Yep. And our friendship was ended. Yep. Who cares what they think? The only, they will not stand in front of God on judgment exactly, and give an account for your life. Only you will give that account for your life. And you need to be willing to say, Father, I did everything that you asked me to do. I used all of the resources that you gave me. I am here empty in front of you. And our goal is to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. But with that will come the persecution. They will not like you. They will come against you. They will rise in their voices. But what does the Lord say? Every voice that rises against you shall be what? Condemned. And so stand strong in this season. Good night, you guys. Better be receiving that. And if not, you need to rewind and listen again. Rewind and listen again. Because I know that it takes courage. Courage and faith are the same, right? It takes that small mustard seed. It's a little bit. And what it makes me think of, Joanna, associated to like the food and things that you're doing, and maybe because I'm fasting and only having a smoothie right now, so I'm hungry, (laughs) is I was thinking that like, the aromas, the aromas of the anointing oil, the aromas of your home when you're cooking, of those brownies that you mentioned, and that when you have a small mustard seed of faith, you are now opening up the oven for the first time. And you're like across the house. You're not, you don't even have access to how good or sweet or abundant or prosperous it could potentially make you with energy and resources and time. All of these things that 
the world doesn't focus on. They focus on finances. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, as you are getting this access little by little and you have that aroma, you want more of it. You want the next layer. You want to go deeper. You want to actually taste and see that the Lord is good. And that is why it's been easier, I would say easier for me Though so many hardships, so much persecution. I didn't speak to my family for nearly a year and they drove by my front door for a year. They didn't come say hi. They couldn't. I had blocked it off. I said, this door is not welcome to you. I anointed that door. And meanwhile, being told I was in a cult and that my kids were no longer had access to their cousins. I mean, so many hard things. But whenever the Lord spoke, it was easy because I knew that something was coming out of the oven that was going to provide me sustenance for that season. And sometimes just for that day, just to get through the night that was tear stains on my pillow as I fell asleep. And so to see the favor that God has given this ministry and to give you is based on the fact that you've released, you've released, you released, and you stand in fear of only God, not the judgment of man. And so there's this knowing the persecution that is coming cannot be confronted by people pleasers. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of pastors even, and I won't name names. I won't name churches. I won't name regions, but I think that there are groups of Christians who are still operating under that lukewarm guise of religiosity and not actually being willing to step into the fullness of what God is calling them to do because they're afraid to speak against what's happening in our society and in our culture and in our country. And so I am just excited to see those obedient Christians who are ready to get hot with Jesus, who are ready to do it and to have that fire truly well up inside them. And the fire is connected to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And we got to look at it. You know, the enemy has hit everybody that's listening right now. The enemy has hit the, uh, you, me, Everybody that's listening, he has hit us in different ways all throughout our life. So it could be before you were born, he started hitting you all the way up until you weren't hit until you went through a divorce. Like he was, he has hit everybody. Let that be your fuel in this season. Going after the, we're not going after people. People are not our issue. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Go after him. You took my family. I'm coming at you. You took my home. I'm coming at you. You you messed with my finances. I'm coming at you. Think about if um, here in the natural, if the enemy backed up his U-Haul to your front door, or, or not not even the enemy. So here in the natural, a person backed up their U-Haul to the to your front door, unloaded all their stuff into your house. You pulled up in your driveway. What would we react to? We would be like, uh, excuse me, sir, absolutely not. This is not your home. And then if he didn't listen and leave, you would call the authorities. You would call for backup. You would call the police. It's the same thing in the spiritual realm. The enemy has unloaded his U-Haul with the strife, the turmoil, the people pleasing, the rejection, the abandonment issues, everything, the addiction. He's unloaded all that junk. And you're like, people please, you're operating in all those things. And you're like, please leave. Please my property. Like, please stop messing in my life. Like, no, you walk up and say, get out right now. Leave. You are no longer welcome here. I will not tolerate you. I will not tolerate division. I will not tolerate disunity. I will not tolerate any of the things that you have to bring 
get out of my house. And if he refuses, because he will, because he's watched you your entire life. And he'll say, you know what? If I put the pressure on her like that, or if I put the pressure on him like that, they'll cower. They'll, they'll, they'll give in. They'll back down. Call your authorities. You have angels waiting to be released to do the work on your behalf, waiting for the command of God's word. Angels only move for God's word. So use God's word, speak God's word, and they will start moving, removing the enemy from your life, removing the enemy from holding you up, doing what you're supposed to be doing for the Lord in the season that you're supposed to be doing it. And we're going to see, well, we got to open another thing that, that came while you were speaking was people aren't looking for that favor in their, uh, in their life. They're not, they spiritually blind. Declare that your spiritual vision is strong. Come on. You will see what the Lord needs you to see because we, we declare it. We're like, man, I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. The favor of God is on me and I will see favor with man. We sit here and, and speak this scripture, but we don't look for it. Right. It's good. Look for it. Look for the little things. You know, I opened up my door. We, we pray all the time for um, financial blessings to, to be able to do the, because it's not free for us right. to. 500 people. Right. hundred percent. This, this is not like, you know, for people to be five teenagers, <laughs> right? Money does not grow on trees. Like the, nope. we don't just have this abundant supply no. just streaming in. We have to pray for these things, but we also have to open our eyes. So I had backed my car down our driveway just yesterday, getting ready for outreach, back my car down the driveway, park it off to the side. So everybody can be bringing stuff out. And I open up my door and here's a pile of change sitting on the road. And I'm like, what is this? And I ask all the girl, the team, my husband, I'm like, is this, did somebody drop this out of their car? And they're like, no, that's not ours. And, but if we open our eyes, yeah, little, we want to ignore the pennies and nickels and dimes. They add up. That's so good. They add up, but we've got to open our eyes. So if you're praying for a financial blessing, open your eyes. Yep. He's going to show you the penny, the dollar bill that somebody else ignored. If you're if you're praying for restoration, stop focusing on the wrong and start focusing on your relationship with God. Open up your spiritual eyes. What are we operating in that is not right? So that way we're able to then, once we get it fixed, show the love and the patience and grace that we're supposed to. Oh my goodness, Joanna, this is so funny that you mentioned this because I was in the bathroom at a restaurant last Thursday and I saw a penny on the ground. And in the business sector, which is the marketplace is where I hang out a lot, um, bringing the word into that space, they always talk to you about making sure that you do your profit generating, profit bearing activities first thing in the morning. Like make sure you're doing your sales, make sure you, all that stuff in the morning. I don't do that. Obviously I'm in the word. I'm praying. I'm with my kids making lunch. I'm working out. I'm, I'm in my quiet place, but I know when nine o'clock hits, that's generally where I'm at. And one of the things forecasting into this new year was the team talking about how I shouldn't be giving all of my time away to random conversations with people like the get to know you calls, right? Because everyone's like, can I just pick your brain for 15 minutes that ends up being an hour? Or can I do the sales call because they want to actually talk to you and I'll do that thing and ends up an hour and a half later. 
And I was sitting there and I was at lunch with my mom and it was her birthday week. And so I knew my heart was at peace that I was doing that, but I saw this penny and God told me this is profit bearing activity in that moment. And I was like, gosh, you're so good. Relationship is the profit bearing activity. And so everything that you're talking about all the way to the anointing oil of the doors is based on relationship with Jesus, based on activation and relationship with the Holy Spirit and understanding who he is and who God is and what the Trinity is intended for and the different facets and character traits that they carry in order for us to operate whether in favor or persecution, it doesn't depend on the day, but in that exact moment that God has created you for. And so I love that you mentioned that because I hadn't had an opportunity to share it with my community and I probably never would have, but you're so right. If our eyes are open to the pennies, because the pennies are what will help us prosper here because of God being a God of multiplication and us having that favor while he's storing up treasures in heaven. And you said at the end of days, when you're completely surrendered and you have nothing because your U-Haul can't go to heaven, you have nothing in your hands, no trinkets, no traditions, nothing's there, just you and the Lord. He's also simultaneously going to reveal to you what he's been holding in that safe place for you and you alone. And I think that is like sums up this entire conversation in such beauty and hope. Mm -hmm. It's not just needing a savior, but a Lord. That relationship is in the Lord. It's not just, oh, well, I'm set with Jesus. I've, I've got my eternity set. No, we want a Lord over our life. And we have to, in order to live and stay in alignment and on the path that he needs us to stay on doing the things that he needs us to do. But we've got to obey the Lord. And in that comes the beautiful blessing of the, the Holy Spirit, him sharing with us, him nudging us, him helping us and and comforting us, all those things. But it's also not just looking at the Father, you know, talking about the Trinity, not just looking at as God as, oh, he's my source for blessings. Like, this is where my blessings come from. Oh, he's just God. Yeah, he created the universe. But actually looking at him as Father. Yeah. Like, this is my Father. I'll share one quick testimony, yeah. you know, before we hop off. But the, um, you know, when I was become pulled, pulled out of that lukewarm stage, I was looking at everybody around me. And so like, I didn't, my biological father was a drug addict and alcoholic and he was not in my life. He signed over his rights when I was five years old and my mother battled things as well. And so um, my grandmother ended up raising me. And so here I am, you know, 25 years old, like what and at a restaurant looking at girls my age at that time having lunch with their dad and having lunch with their mom and I'm like why why Lord like why can't I have that I, that I, why why did why did they get that and I didn't get that and he goes Joanna your parents were merely vessels to get you here for me mm. they were vessels to get you here for me I am your father wow and so. In that, that's when my relationship was like, oh, you're not just God, you're my father. And so we have to switch our mindset of how we're looking at things. Jesus is not just our savior. He is our Lord. The Holy Spirit is not just some spirit that moves around and does what he needs you to do or resides inside of you. 
that he's not just that he is your comforter. He is the wisdom, the guidance that you need. And God is not just God up on the throne who created the heavens and the earth. He is your father and he loves you like that. So building your relationship, switching your mindset will help build the relationship. Mm, It's so true. And again, I think even in that process of undoing is the undoing of our mindsets towards what we've been taught or what we've always just imagined it being, but him revealing himself to us in those different ways and different seasons. Mm-hmm. I too have had walked through like um, trials and tribulations with my own dad. And I remember on the way to my ordination service, the song Abba came on and that song wrecked me. And I was just crying because the one thing that I wanted was this affirmation from my earthly father and this understanding that he understood what I was doing and that he was going to be pulled out of his pit of despair because I had gone through and done that. And it was one of those moments where I got to meet God. I got to sit in his arms in a way that I never had before. And so there's just so much that he wants to teach people. There's so much drawing in and drawing out that he wants to do with us. And it's not meant to be done in this like shame filled judgment way. It's meant to be done with grace and beauty and, and the prodigal son who comes home and he doesn't care about anything else. He drops everything and says, you get the ring and the robe and my fattest calf. I don't care what you've done or what you've destroyed or what has happened to you right now. I care that you are in my arms and that's how God treats all of us when we get to that place. Surrender. And for those that are feeling like that they, oh, well, God's not drawing me in like that. No, he always is. He is always speaking, always trying to get your attention, always trying to have a relationship with you, a close relationship with you. It's us and our traditions and our spiritual vision, our ears. We got ear muffles on that we're not hearing or, or it's too loud. The enemy's being too loud in your life. Yeah. So God is always drawing you in every single person. God is drawing us in and it's up to us to listen and to kick out the noise. We got to be like, oh, well, he's got to remove the noise. No, he's given us authority to do that. We've got to take the authority, open up that front door, snatch that megaphone, kick that kitten to the curb and slam that door shut and plead the blood, kick out the noise all the noise on social media, kick out the noise. You got too many voices feeding in, find the truth. Ask the Holy spirit, Holy spirit. Should I be following this person? Should I be listening to this podcast? Should I be watching this TV show? He wants to say all those things. It's up to us to do it. And ask the questions. I think that there's that element too that's so important connected to wisdom and the Holy Spirit is like, we just kind of like try and like keep it all inside. And while he can hear all of those things as well, the the power of the spoken word, the power of that declaring and that decreeing that you're mentioning, you guys, Joanna's talked about angels and healing <laughs> and casting out demons and anointing oil and all of these things that you're probably like, whoa, Tamara, you went off the deep end. I did not tell you how good God is and how intentional he is with his timing. We don't choose these dates. It just falls on the calendar the way that it does. And I am just beyond blessed to have spent this time with you for my community to hear the richness of what I too am still in the process of learning. We're always becoming, we're always learning. He's always showing new character facets to us every single day. 
But I want you guys to pour into what Joanna is doing. I know we will as a company, and I hope that you come to our city. We've got to make connections, right? That's if relationships are capital, are actually prizes here on earth then if you know that Joanna could come to your church or to your business location and you know your business wants to do something new from a nonprofit perspective this year, from a give back to the community, get in touch with her, reach out, say, I've got a place for you to stay and I've got a a facility for you to touch base with and preach to and teach because we need this training. We need this equipping, especially for the discipleship aspect, not just the homeless. If you don't know how to pray and declare and decree, we stay in that weakened Christian lukewarm space. And so I'm, I'm just excited. Obviously I could keep talking about all these things. We could unpack every single one, Um, but I am just grateful. And I would just love for you to just pray us out before we close. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this blessing of time. Father, we thank you for all of your wisdom and knowledge, Father, that has been poured out today. But thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling our mouths, for for the obedience that you have placed upon us, Father. We thank you, Father, for everyone under the sound of my voice, Father, that they will have obedient hearts, Father that they won't speak unless the Holy Spirit leads them to speak, that they won't post unless the Holy Spirit tells them to post, that they won't go unless the Holy Spirit tells them to go. Father, I thank you for giving them repentful hearts, Father, that they are drawn into repentance, repenting for the known and unknown. I thank you, Father, as they speak the unknown, that you remind them, that you make it known what they need to repent for. I thank you, Father, for drawing them back into relationship with you, that it is only by your Holy Spirit that we are drawn in the first place. So I thank you, Father, for drawing them back into relationship with you. Father, if they have backslidden, we thank you, Father, for drawing them in. If they are just becoming on fire or if they've already been on fire, Father, I thank you for taking them to another level of relationship. I thank you, Father, that every every person under the sound of my voice, Father, is all the spiritual blinders are being removed now in Jesus' name. Every hindrance, every blockage, every barrier that the enemy has tried to set up, Father, to blind them, to not let them see the truth, to hear the truth, all, every ear unplugged now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that everyone has the mind of Christ under the sound of my voice. They have the mind of Christ. They think God thoughts and dream God dreams. And Father, we thank you for your warring, guarding and ministering angels encamped around them at work in every one of their lives. And we give you all the honor and glory and praise, Father, for not just what was spoken on this podcast today, but what's to come, Father. Not just what's to come with our ministry, Father, but in each and every one of their lives. Listening now, Father. We give you all the honor and glory and praise. May they do the things that honor you, Father, and your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. No need to say more. Thank you so much. I love you. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Be sure to follow Joanna Beck and on all social media platforms, but specifically go to our website and help contribute to the mission and the heartbeat of heaven. Thank you. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. 
Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and it's going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Hey there, it's Carly Mercoulier, host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.